You're listening to the Saw's Electric Chair, the takeover edition by The Butcher's Apprentice, DJ Beowulf, your one and only and your favorite apprentice, the very first and hopefully the very last official apprentice because, you know, I'm never going to die and I will be in this position forever. Yes. And thankfully, my master has allowed me to take over the electric chair today and it is she who is in the hot ah, seat. Yeah. I had to feel what it felt like to be in the hot seat. So I want I wanted to see how old Sparky felt, man. You also got to know like if it's too easy. You got to right. turn up the heat or just yeah, check things you gotta, out. Yeah, you got to test things out and who better who, than my master apprentice? Who better? To help me. Exactly. No exactly. one else could be trusted. No one else. Uh we also have a special guest in the studio today being Erica herself because as you know, Erica and the saw are completely different people. So they are. I'm very excited to be able to talk to both of them today both my master and um, the master's mother, my grandmaster, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, super stoked for this interview today and to be featured on the electric chair. So we're going to get right down into the nitty gritty and just right. talk about things. Um, for those who are unaware of the electric chair and maybe don't turn in, uh, tune into the butcher shop, tell me what's the difference between Erica and the saw? So Erica is more of who like my friends see a lot who you'd see and classes and stuff and it's mainly the saws my alter ego you know when you see erica it's bubbly it's happy it's ah and then the, <laughs> the saw is more whatever like whatever like i'm feeding on the blood of my enemies yeah cold nihilistic yeah, yeah you know and it's it's just fun you know i, I like memes so i see it as a meme mm -hmm. in a way and it's just a good outlet for me because you know I have like I'm really a positive person and I'm always that glue for people but it's I need an outlet mm -hmm. for it and the saw and the saw's butcher shop is that outlet for me so oftentimes you hear in pop culture and things of celebrities taking on like alter egos when they're on stage of course the most famous the one that immediately comes to my head is like Hannah Montana versus Miley Cyrus yeah. um, is putting on the saw a performance for you or is that just a separate part of your personality I would say it's a separate part of my personality so the saw like is within Erica yeah. I have a saw blade tattoo on my shoulder blade and it's like a representation of who I am because the blade is the saw and that's the out exterior but then the middle is a mandala mm. and that's erica and mm -hmm. so it's like it's a mixture of both because both of them even though they're so greatly different they're both very similar that in a way yeah. yeah you can't have one without the other type yeah thing. exactly um so i guess tag yourself is the saw so in the dynamic of harry potter and voldemort you can't have one without the other which one is the saw and which one is erica Ooh. Ooh, I have. Ooh. I feel like the saw's got to be Voldemort. I feel like that's definitely like the it, obvious it's more answer. Metal. It's yeah. more metal because like Erica's more like the nerdy like mm -hmm. type, so it'd have to be Harry Potter. You got to get yourself some glasses though. I do. I do have some, but you know, you do. Contact don't you wear game. them? Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like wearing my my glasses because they transition in the shades Ooh, you know yeah that's sick you lucky ray bands girl. what's good oh i've got burberry oh <laughs> but they're not transitions <laughs> um anyways you talked about your saw tattoo and the definition of um the definition and differences of the saw and erica but how did the saw come about so one of my favorite bands is white chapel they were one of the first deathcore bands that I ever listened to. My brothers were in the deathcore. My cousin was in the deathcore heavy. That's where I found a lot of the more extreme metal. And I remember when I heard Phil Bozeman do a guttural 
<laughs> I was like, holy shit. Baby's first guttural. I love it. And my senior year, my senior quote was where we come from, the saw is a law, from their song, the saw is a law. Because yeah. I really like the theme of that song. It's like, you're going to be held accountable, I'm going to whoop your ass. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's my mentality most of the time. It's like, I'll be cool. But like, if you do some dumb shit, I'm going to put you in your place. You and gotta. that's the saw. You got to put your foot down. You know, when I became a DJ, I was like, you know, I want something that's easy to remember. I want something quick that I can put with things. And I was listening to the saws a lot. And I was like, you know what? Let's be the saw. Let's be the saw. Let's be the saw. Damn it. Damn. Yeah. That's hard. That's a really cool Shout story. Shout out to my dad. My dad helped. <laughs> like, dad has helped, like, create DJ Beowulf. Mm-hmm. He's helped almost, like, all my apprentices come yeah. up with names. He, um, he what would the word be like tested out a couple of my names for me Mm -hmm. i remember originally i was thinking of dj werewolf because my last name is mooney i was gonna dj at night you know i wanted it to be kind of like wolf pack themed (laughs) but you know any dj who goes to nc state who dj'd at night could be dj werewolf so it's not like special enough and your dad suggested uh suggested dj lycan like Mm -hmm. l-y-c-a-n the i remember um, that mm -hmm, the academic term for like werewolf but then i was like ah i don't want to sound like l-i-c-h-e-n like you know like moss or something so beowulf came about because i was taking like um an early english literature course at the time and we were reading beowulf and i just really liked it and my favorite metal genre is black metal so i changed the u after wolf to a v and it just kind of stuck and your dad's been supporting beowulf ever since yes he (laughs) loves it um and shout out to erica's parents like for real for real because every time i take over the butcher shop they always tune in and like send her a little like oh your apprentice is doing so well kind of thing so great and it's the most heartwarming thing ever because whenever my parents tune in they're like do you have to play this oh yeah they're like the most supportive people in my life you know if your it, parents are incredible if it wasn't for them I, I don't even know how much like of the butcher shop would come to be because my my mom and my dad they both listen to metal mm-hmm. and so they my mom will literally make a list of bands that she hears and she's like hey if you want to play these that's sick here's this and then my dad's like I know you have a busy week do you want me to make a death metal segment or I have like that's an old so school cute. thrash segment and I'm like I don't know old school thrash that well yeah put something together yeah for and me. he'll do it and so it's like they're so supportive they've helped me like copyright my show and help me develop a website and create blogs and stuff and so they've been so helpful and so supportive yeah I'm sure it. like I shouldn't say all but most parents want their kids to succeed you yeah. know or in supportive in some way but it really seems like your parents go above and beyond oh yeah do you think that you all listen to the same type of metal or do you have like differences between the three of you well my dad is an old school death metal head okay and he was strictly for a long time that was it you know anything else was like trash and my mom so like his favorite bands were like cannibal corpse obituary death we saw obituary with your parents we saw obituary with them and they damn jammed they did i loved it and my mom was more into pantera white zombie she followed Mm -hmm. pantera and white zombie back in the day like mainstream metal yeah when it came to the forefront yeah she she was more into that and they met at like a metal show cool and stuff so romantic love at first sight you know what a great metal story and growing up we would have metal appreciation nights where we would eat dinner in silence and listen to metal i think that's why i talk a lot now because i couldn't talk back then and like so my whole life has been (laughs) metal my brothers were into like metalcore and deathcore and so growing up i had a whole lot of different aspects so i have an appreciation for all kinds of metal Mm -hmm. and once i started getting into it more my dad was like 
what band is this? And he started getting into deathcore. And yeah. I was like, all right, Mike. Expanding his horizons. Expanding it. He likes some metalcore. He doesn't like the names of metalcore bands because he says they're too soft. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> also kind of flashy, you know. Yeah. Metalcore is, to a degree, I mean, of course, it's still a subgenre of metal. And it's still, I wouldn't call it a mainstream genre by yeah. any extent. But it is more accessible. That's where it you is. got, like, scene kids listening to yeah, things. It's, or, that's, like, the genre that if people are trying to get in the metal, that's what I guide them to. Because their choruses are all like yeah, clean they vocals. have the clean. The, it's mm-hmm. not as heavy and it's very like, melodic. Yes, and but not we, mellow death. It's not mellow death, but mm-hmm. it's still great. Old metalcore is my favorite. So since you grew up in like a metal community, mm-hmm. um, I think one thing is to point out is that like your entire family is into it and it was always supported and enforced within yeah. your family. Um, did you have any culture shock like growing up through um, like public education and things where people were just like very against listening to heavy metal or they just saw something in it as like inherently violent or inherently evil or satanic and those things and how did you deal with those uh, repercussions? Well, growing up, I mean, like metal was always the forefront, but my parents were very supportive in whatever we wanted to like listen to and stuff. Because even though my brothers were in the metal scene a whole lot, they transitioned in the rap. Mm-hmm. And even though my parents weren't like Which, thrilled. Yeah. Well, we talked about this like, in our interview yeah. where like metal and hip hop like have similar origins and backgrounds. Yeah. So it's not too far fetched. It's not just, too far, yeah. but it was just they were they were living a culture that wasn't the culture we grew up in right like, right and so it was like that but like growing up i was i was pretty normal mm-hmm. actually like i like <laughs> <loved> ignore me <laughs> <laughs> baby saw was like listening to like pop and stuff and i had metal but growing up it was like that was the music my parents listened to and i was supporting family right at that time and so i would tell my friends that like oh yeah i went to like this show and they'd be like oh you listen to that screamo stuff like in middle school screamo isn't and, a genre yeah it was like kind of like embarrassing just because like it is different and at that time i didn't know that being different was okay mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i was in middle school and and being different is not okay in middle yeah. school. yeah and so i kind of kept it like hush hush but at that time it was just what my i supported my parents and my right. family it and, wasn't your choice yeah yet. and then uh, freshman year of high school is when all, everything changed mm-hmm. um i was going through some stuff some dark things just because like freshman year no one has a good freshman year yeah no one has a good freshman year and i didn't know who my friends were and i was alone most of the time you probably didn't even know who you were then. yeah and it was hard and then my mom won tickets to the carolina rebellion sick and she was like you want to go i and think i went to carolina rebellion my first time as a freshman oh yeah and it was like i had like right when i stepped into the fairgrounds i had yeah. this overwhelming feeling that this is where i'm supposed to be right and that this is where i belong and it it filled that void in my heart and it was like i'm okay being alone if like i'm gonna have a good time mm-hmm. and at that point the music became for me look at my legs i got chills right now <laughs> like i'm not cold it's not it's cold like, in the studio yo, right man, now like when i'm talking about metal like it's not just like a hobby yeah like it's like my whole entire life mm-hmm. because at that point it became something that was for me and mm-hmm. i went through like i'm a history major so my whole thing is all right i'm gonna start to the beginning i'm gonna listen to it then i'm gonna find bands that i like and from 14 to now here we are there you here, here we, we are. are and it's been fantastic it's almost like seven years at this point yeah you're about to turn 21 yeah oh my gosh that's a long ass time oh yeah bringing it back to your history major thing um 
this is probably like a subject of discussion that you see all over social media and things of how like goth people aren't really goth because they compare like the term goth to like the Visigoths and the Ostrogoths yeah. and things like that. Um, are you aware of or do you believe that there are any connections between that old like Nordic culture and the current culture of like the term goth? There's also like Victorian goths Ooh, and things. That's a like, good question. I feel like it's probably not something that's been studied extensively because yeah. the definition I mean, has I mainly, changed. I mainly think architecture when yeah. I think of like Visigoths and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think and how Victorian it, goth it has architecture. that dark aura behind it and that dark appeal. And I think it you could say it correlates to it. Definitely. Um, because I just mainly think architecture, because I know, like, the style back then, they weren't wearing, like, chains and... Right, right. Well, I mean, some people were, but, Probably. like... Probably. <laughs> but, I mean, besides the point. But, like, I think just the whole aurora of it being dark was probably the aesthetic mm-hmm. that goth derived mm-hmm. from. Definitely. I guess, in a sense. Because I really, to this day, I love gothic architecture. Like, the Absolutely. Duke Chapel is so damn beautiful mm-hmm. because it's just so gothic and I want to like put corpse paint on yeah, and like stand in front of it. I really want to do that. Super corny. Well, not super corny because I'm going to say it with my chest. I was in Target yesterday shopping for room decorations in the Halloween section because once a year I get to restock my bedroom with all oh, yeah. the things. And you yeah. keep them up all year. You keep them up all year I'm about round. to do that. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. I want to get a tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> and I went out and bought this, um, this like little like it's like the silhouette of a bat with its wings spread and it's sitting on this it's obviously plastic it's fake but it's like the base and the support for the wings is like an old victorian candelabra mm-hmm. shape and it glows purple and i was like gimme gimme that it. sounds so pretty because it looks like classic victorian architecture oh, yeah. i think like the aesthetic i can I, for the most part i feel like metalheads we kind of like appeal Mm -hmm. to that it's because it's different and i think what it is is that it's normal but it's turned on its head yeah and i think um i think there's a degree of emphasis that people within metal culture place upon um looking and embodying metal culture and i think it's because in so many ways and i addressed this earlier with you going through like middle school and things like that um People look at heavy metal and reject it immediately. Yeah. And so if you don't want to feel bad about participating in this culture, the only thing you got to do is embrace it entirely. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like if you can't run with the pack, you're going to start your own. You oh, know? exactly. And I like my dad has hit hard in me and like my mentality and how I think is that you have to own whatever you do mm-hmm. and you have to wear it. So whatever I'm doing, no matter what it is, I'm going to own it. Mm-hmm. So when... I was like, all right, I'm start getting piercings. I'm going to get tattoos. It's going to be... It's going to be good work. And it's it's going to be, be good. work I want. Yeah, but then yeah. it's also going to be if someone's going to profile me and judge me, I can't take it personally because I chose to look like this. I right. chose to own it. And so I take it as they don't know me. And you got to give it to them. Like if they're going to oh, yeah. profile you, they're going to look at you and say, this is exactly who they are. And you're going to be like, yep, because I wear it on my sleeve. Yeah. Literally. That's literally, li- literally, literally a sleeve. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a layered pun, like hard on my sleeve, like metal <laughs> culture on your sleeve. You've got your like going through the ages, different types of history on your sleeve. Oh, yeah. Like, ooh, we got it like that. We brainy. We brainy over here. <laughs> so let's talk about your favorite and least favorite metal trends oh my favorite metal trend i like the crossovers what do you mean by that of like so 
how you have I don't I don't like genres for the most part because I feel like that's dangerous territory that mm-hmm. something has to stay in this spot. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I believe that music it's has box, to evolve. Yeah. And I really like how hardcore or deathcore they're incorporating elements of each other because like hardcore deathcore is forever my favorite because mm-hmm. it has like the two steps it has that chunky riffs but it also has gutturals yeah so i really like that trend i really like how the music's evolving the one thing the trend i don't like probably music wise i don't like rap in mm-hmm. metal um it's just never been so you just like weren't into lincoln park then I have a big respect for Linkin Park. I mean, and new I metal really like and that it. whole genre became the forefront of metal in like oh, yeah. the early 2000s, late oh, 90s. Yeah. I have a big respect for it, but for me, like, I love Linkin Park, but it was yeah. like light. Yeah. You know, like, five year old me grew up on Cannibal Corpse yeah. and Obituary. So, yeah. like, I need it heavy. You know, mm-hmm. my dad always tells a story that at five years old, I had a choreography of Living Dead Girl and I would lay on the floor and get up and i had like a march and stuff and like when i was a baby i would be raised in hell and my dad would play crush him by megadeth and i would like put my arms in the air and be like crush <laughs> crush him so like it's always been that you know <laughs> Can you please send me like your family home videos i, I so uh, I really just want to watch them that's so <laughs> baby cute. saw and her element baby saw so i don't like rap in it just because like corn and stuff cool like his rum diddy roo rum diddy roo like i like yep. that like but like when it gets to more rap based mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of it mm-hmm. just personal like i respect the hell out of it i love it's no, crossing it's genres personal. and that you're bringing more people to listen to it and i think that's great other than that gatekeeping i hate it so dumb so much everyone's got to start somewhere so much and it's like people who wear i had this conversation a few weeks ago people one of my friends was getting mad that this girl was wearing a band shirt and she didn't know who the band was and i said i get it that it's annoying but if they're like wearing it they're advertising it yeah and it's so it's like damn also if they're gonna wear it and they don't know who it is take it upon yourself to be like you should check out this song oh yeah i always do that i'm just like yo if they don't really know but like if it's like an iron maiden shirt or something i'm just like okay like whatever but if someone's gonna wear like a thy artist murder shirt and not Mm -hmm. know who they are i'm gonna be like yo you need to listen to them gotta get hit before you like wear this shirt because I feel like like bigger bands, like you always see people wearing like the Nirvana shirt or something oh, yeah. like that. It's almost impossible to not know something about that band. Yeah. And so they're probably wearing the shirt and they know something and that's totally excusable. Yeah, and it's like my whole thing is I'm not going to be the one that's like name like four songs that aren't mainstream. That's so I really don't care because what I like What's about the bassist metal. girlfriend's daughter's yeah, name? Yeah, that's like, so stupid because metal came from that we were alienated. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to rebel. Mm-hmm. So it's defeating the purpose of metal if you're going to alienate someone who's just who just appreciates it. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate people who appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm just like, damn, where? You got to pay your respects in any oh, way yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. Also, you never know. They could be dating a metalhead or something and just woke up and borrowed a shirt. And six months from now, they're going to be like, this is my shirt now. This is my favorite Ooh. band. Everyone starts somewhere. Be Whether great. it's like your partner's music taste or something you heard on Chainsaw Rock, the butcher yeah. shop. Everyone starts somewhere and saying like, because you're not real enough yet or you didn't get into metal when you were five years old, you're not a true metalhead garbage yeah so gross um but you did start off pretty young so other than your personal home videos do you have any like family metal stories that are just interesting let's go down the list we're we're like the adams family so how my parents met at like a metal show my mom walked down the aisle to love you to death 
by typo, typo negative. negative. Oh. Yeah. And I chills love again. it. Getting chills. You want to know something else that's crazy? Yes. My blood type is typo negative. I bleed metal. That's so sick. So like this just works damn perfectly. Um, so th- that, you know, we used to go to shows a whole lot. One of my dad's other favorite bands is Amon Amarth. And I think at One of my favorites 10, as well. See? You got it from your grandpa. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. I respect him. And we went and saw Monomarth at a small club in Raleigh. This is when they were still like tiny. Yeah. And well, tiny in like the U.S. Yeah, in the U.S. Because now they like fill up stadiums and stuff for sure. But I saw them play on the first leg of Slayer's final world tour. <gasps> They've been on the quote unquote final world tour for like two years. Now. I know. Like when are they going? It's like Ozzy. They're not going to stop touring. They're not going to stop. They're not gonna like stop they're just going to keep adding a couple shows and be like, it's it's still the last it's tour. Still but like it's damn Ozzy. I'll go see him anytime he comes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to Amon Marth, I was ten, and my brothers were in the pit, and I was standing on a bench in front of the um, like sound guy, and I yeah. was headbanging. I was jamming out. At the end of the show, he came up to me. He said, "You're damn awesome," and handed me a backstage pass. It was <gasps> laminated. But I was like ten. So you got to meet Amon Marth when I you were like ten. I didn't meet them, and like my parents, like my dad was like, "I don't really care to meet them," and I was like. Also, like, your parents didn't have a backstage pass. What are they going to do? Let a 10-year-old just yeah, walk free? Yeah, just let free? me walk and be like, hey. Well, see, if they really did, I literally would have went up to Johan and been like, yo, your beard is sick. Johan. You know? Yo. <laughs> I bet he gets that joke all the time. I love it. I've never heard that. It took me a while. I was like, ah. Hans down. Play on words. Best pun. And my my first. So you're just going to ignore that one? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's I was going. in a train of thought. I was like. I'm just thinking something. And then right when you talked, I was like, oh, I remember it. Okay, okay let me not take I you. I loved it. I loved it, though. I got <laughs> it now. But puns. I love it. Uh, my first metal show was actually a local show. It was a band called Oxygen Thieves. And it was like their family hard. friends. Yeah, they go hard. They're so good. I'll play them for you. And do. that was like at the church. They played at a church, at the church that my dad preaches at. Mm-hmm. And there was like a mosh pit and everything going on. And it was so damn cool. And so, just a lot of shows. I went to so many shows with my family. How old were you when you got into your first pit? Ooh, I think... See, I didn't mosh because... I don't know, like... I don't know, like... I'm afraid to fall, okay? Yeah. I'm very clumsy, but I remember... I'd rather get punched than trip and too. eat shit. Yeah. Because that's someone else hurting me. Yeah. If I do it to myself, I'm just like, lame. It, it didn't go as hard if I hurt myself. It doesn't go nearly as hard. But I think my first... I was probably... I think I was 16, and I went to Warp Tour by myself, and... One of my favorite bands at that time was Miss May I. And I only went nice. to Warp Tour to see Miss May I. Nice. And when they played um, I remember a song, I was like, I got to get in this pit. I bet you anything, we were probably in the same one I because think they so. played the same stage as Memphis Mayfire. And yes, yes and I remember yes. I was like 13 because you're a little bit older than me. I was like 13. We know we were talking about the year you were 16. I was like 15 probably then. Um, and my dad went with me to that show. Um, Shout out Aria because Aria's dad also went. So it was me and Aria and our That's dads so just hanging out. Did at they the hang gig. out at like the parent tent? I think they like walked around and like stood at the back of the shows because I distinctly remember back then I was like skinny. And so my dad like hopped me up on his shoulders so I could watch Black Veil Brides because that was one of the oh, bands yes. that we were both into. Yes, um, Black Veil Brides. Super sidetrack. Um, my dad <laughs> does love Black Veil Brides. Just really weird. I think it's because they remind him of like grown up Motley Crue or something. That's what my dad says. Yeah. Because my dad saw them They're at Carolina metal. Rebellion. He was just like, they remind me of Motley Crue. Uh-huh. And I was like, and Andy Beersack is like beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. I mean, like the knives and pen era, knives and pens era is like definitely super like screamy, very like scene kid stuff. Yeah, but when they got into like to the end and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. in the end, in the end, that's na, the one. Na, 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 na. I don't know the lyrics. I just know in the, the end. <laughs> it's great. I've never like I never really got into like the scene. Dude, I went phase. through a heavy scene phase. I I'm went, not gonna lie. I went to like metalcore Miss May I to like, oh, this is Whitechapel. Okay. <laughs> so like my my older brother and sister were born in like the mid eighties. So mm-hmm. they grew up they were like teenagers during like the nineties Mulgoth heavy metal phase. Like my sister used to hand me down Marilyn Manson albums. And this is something we talked Sick. about in our interview. Yeah. But like because they're from my father's first marriage we would live together for part of the year but for the majority of my life i didn't really see them yeah um nothing but love but not only were they 15 years older than me we only lived together like part of the time so i got through this i went into the scene phase because i distinctly wanted to impress my brother and i remember sitting in my backyard with this girl that i was friends with her name was nikki um and i was like she was already seen or whatever and i was like give me some bands that i could impress my brother with and she was like <laughs> she put on um if i'm james if i'm james dean you're audrey hepburn by uh sleeping with sirens oh my god and I, I distinctly remember she sat me down and she was like try to guess the sex of the singer like is it a boy <laughs> or a girl and i was like it's a girl duh and oh that's so funny. You know, there's that running joke of Kellen Quinn sings like a girl. That's true. I do have a big appreciation for crabcore. <laughs> yes. I love the stance. But like I never got at a younger age fully into metal in the same way that you did because it was very like trickle down diluted yeah. or like I would get bits and pieces of my siblings being into like like mall goth music or like um, my brother was into like really experimental like yeah. Scandinavian metal um, and so I would just try to like meet them halfway didn't mm-hmm. really work but it's it kind of worked out in the end where like they have their own music taste and I'm very inspired by that but we went different ways oh, yeah. that's yeah. how me and my brothers went my youngest oldest brother that was kind of confusing no it but, makes sense um because your dad also had kids yeah before. yeah it was like he the, like my brothers are from his first marriage mm-hmm. and um he was really big into like suicide silence and like all that like rest in peace mitch oh i know i'm so, I'm so sad about that and i remember when they moved out i raided his closet of band shirts mm-hmm. and him, i've still got my brother-in-law's old um bring me the horizon t-shirt from when they all of the shirts when they put out like merch for count your blessings my brother-in-law oh, yeah. like passed you it gotta down to keep me. that shit mm-hmm. i have like one of the old school 2008 suicide silent shirts yep. i have like the born of osiris fucking back, bow down hoodie back then when the whole trend was like it was like the half like kawaii but half gross yes very blood on the dance floor kind of like it's cute but it's gonna kill me i love it yeah that's like my personality <laughs> i'm a monster i'm cute <laughs> but i'll kill you and <laughs> that's, how, that's the saw hi, hi. um <laughs> but it's like I got my music influence from them and it was always like, oh, like when I was going to Warp Tour, I would like text my brothers and my cousin and be like, hey, what bands should I see? Yeah. And now the tables have turned. Mm-hmm. They come to me now and they're just like, you're that pro DJ. I'm, th- that's what it is. It's WKNC, man. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And now they come to me and they're like, oh, have you heard this new record? I was like, bro, that came out like a month ago. I- I've been heard. I've it. already reviewed it. <laughs> Where have you been? Well, don't you read my website? Don't you read the blog? Oh, I see. Not a true fan. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that's how it goes. I mean, that's how it should go. That's how it should like, be. Like, you're putting your best foot forward, wearing it on your sleeve. Oh, this yeah. is who you are and what you do. So if people don't keep up, that's yeah. on them. And, like, honestly, like, even if they don't, I mainly do it for me. 
I yeah. love it so much. Um, it's it, it's done so much for me. Metal has, and I want to give back to it. Yeah. And WKNC has helped with that tremendously. It's a really great outlet. Oh yeah, for sure. I didn't like if you would have told like. 18 year old me before i graduated like high school that i would be on the radio doing all these things like all the time I'd be like you lying you lying i ain't doing that i didn't even listen to college radio when i was in high school i didn't either i didn't yeah. even know like i found out about wknc because my parents used to listen to it back in the 80s mm-hmm. my dad was like yo that's how i found obituary mm-hmm. yeah just because he was listening to chainsaw yep. rock and i was just like holy shit holy shit that's wild and you know it's just I love WKNC with like all my heart because it has given me so many opportunities and, you know, to emceeing at the state fair to, you know, the podcast and everything. And something that like I'm super proud of is the Bone Cruncher. Yeah, that is something that has really put my foot in the door, so to speak, because I'm working with the local bands. But you're like whole body in whole the door. Whole body in the door. We're just going to slam that on you my body. You got like maybe one finger outside the door, but we're just going to slam yeah, the we, door and just, cut it right we're off. We're just going to break my finger off. Mm-hmm. It's you fine. don't need it? I don't need it. I just got to <laughs> press a button. That's okay. You could just press it with the nub. <laughs> just, the, just the nub. <laughs> Knuckle it. We can do that. Uh, but that actually kind of leads into another topic I wanted to talk about, especially discussing your history with metal and your involvement with WKNC. Um, how has the butcher shop changed over time? You've been running it for almost three years at this point. We're getting close to that fir- uh, third year anniversary. And it's definitely expanded far beyond what you were doing at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, so talk a little bit about that and tell me what you've done with it. Ooh. Oh, it's a lot really to unpack. Three sappy years saw is about to come out because this is my baby. I'm very cold right Sa- now. I've sappy so saw. Chills. is about to come out so baby saw sappy saw everything angry saw angry saw sister saw tag yourself sister saw <laughs> we love it yes sister so literally i literally slay them <laughs> literally slay like kill them please <laughs> um on the chopping block mm-hmm. let's do that tonight at five so i started as just dj saw and i had a set on i guess you would say saturday mornings from midnight to mm-hmm. one which was tough, but I was so excited and I just played like metalcore and I just went heavier yeah. throughout the throughout that hour. And I did that for about a month. And then DJ Uncle Paul was like, you need to get 10 to midnight. You yeah. need to be on main. And so th- I'm so grateful that he split his four hours and he gave me 10 to midnight. And that's when I was like, oh, sick. I need to do something with this. And I didn't know what to do. And so I was talking to my dad about it and he was like, you know, you need a name for it. You need to like do different segments. So I was like, oh, this is my metalcore segment and this is my deathcore segment. And that's how it started for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And then we get prisoner letters from Central Prison. And I remember I got a letter from this guy named Chino Loco. And Shout out Chino Moreno. Yeah, I love Chino. And he would just like... I also love Deftones. He would have, <laughs> we do love Deftones. We stand. And he would like, he would request songs and I would play it in Death Row Cell Block that I have for the prisoners that send me letters. And he asked me what was my purpose in the butcher shop. And mm. I was like, oh shit. I don't know. That's yes. a good ass name. And so... We called it the Sauce Butcher Shop. And that's when I started going, okay, let me change my dialect. You let should, me like, change do tone. a 20-minute segment, like, themed for Chino or something. Or like, I should, He wants me to play, like, one cover of, like, Raining Blood that I can't find. Damn. So I'm trying to find it for him. Because, like, for three years now, it's been, I haven't heard it yet. And I'm just like, I'm trying to find it, man. Do you ever write them back? Not really for a whole lot. Just because I don't want... 
that personal that like ethical line to cross yeah, yeah. and it's like if they ask me questions in the letter i'll answer them on air you know that, yeah. i'll give them shout outs you i'll be like thank you for writing in it's just i don't want that personal boundary because then it will Absolutely. just it'll just get too personal and yeah i try to keep that separate mm -hmm. and stuff i like to keep this like erica as private as yeah. possible when maybe I when you graduate you can send like like a mass thank you letter oh, or yeah. something but then you're like i'm, I'm done i'm Drop done the mic. Like, like don't you, like, you can't like thank you for this me no more you can't get to me anymore so here's a thank yeah. you yeah and so he was like i remember i told on air i was like you know chino thank you so much for helping me find this name and he wrote me saying it's yours like i'm so happy i could like could help because he didn't know that you were gonna was, take he it was like helping that. yeah and so that meant a lot to him and you know i love the name of it and then once that happened i was all right let me change my dialect so that's yeah. when i was like all right chop and block meat grinder and diamond cuts diamond cuts and it was just like there's no exit in the butcher shop so then it was like i wanted the listeners to visualize yeah you have to create this the horror. auditory sense of torture oh yeah and so which is one thing that your dad always encouraged me to oh, do oh yeah you mm -hmm. do it great Thank too you. we love it and you know it's the music's a beating mm -hmm. so i'm gonna make sure you feel like you're having a beating mm -hmm. with how i talk yeah and doing that i've had so many damn people come up to me and it's just like they just like i was at a tailgate for a game and this dude pointed at me and he was like the saw and i was like oh hey man he was like i love your voice you sound so good and i'm just like thank you i got recognized in vans one time i was literally just like in the mall checking out some called shoes. you by your dj name no but they were like you do the local beat right and i was like yeah yes. i never know how to feel whenever people like I'm I'm like stoked on it honestly. Yeah, I like I love it, but then it's just like ah, it's like still you kind of surprising. People listen to me because like my parents text me during my set. Like my dad yeah. will be like, I love this song, and like I'm just like, oh, we're like the only ones listening. And yeah. then when people like recognize me or they recognize my voice, I'm yeah. just like, holy shit! I always forget that like specialty shows like have regular listeners because yeah. <laughs> like like I'm since WKNC doesn't subscribe to the Nielsen report, we don't get that data back about like who's listening at any given time or anything mm -hmm. like that um and so like i met this dude who literally has the wknc logo tattooed on his ankle yo i posted the picture on the wknc instagram um but i was just so in the cool. elevator with him after he like won some tickets or something and we were making conversation i was like oh so what's your favorite show since you listen so often he was like i love dj beowulf and the local beat and we were like <gasps> in the elevator and i was like that's me that's me that's me ah, that's so exciting <laughs> so that was like super crazy that's and i'm like so great. i forget that the, like we do have local listeners or oh like yeah i think it's so great that i went to a show and i was talking to somebody about my set and this dude turned around he was like holy shit you're the saw i love you and i was like oh shit like, <laughs> oh shit what's up and so the butcher shop i had that for probably like my sophomore year i had the no over the summer i had the butcher shop and then jamie was like do you want to do the local lunch mm -hmm. and i was like yes yes because you and introduce a lot of local metal bands on oh uh, yeah the butcher shop oh yeah and that has really the bone cruncher my local butchers i love my damn local butchers mm -hmm. it's they are like the biggest support system besides my parents um you know i they always like thank me for what i'm doing and it's just like i have the easy job like i'm yeah. always thanking them because i would be out of a job if it wasn't for them it's like yeah. you're putting the time you're buying all the equipment you're buying like studio time i'm just pressing a button yeah you know it's like y'all are doing all the hard work and it's like like you're expressing your passions yeah They're just and, the and ones it who should give you that. be mm -hmm. it should be recognized and i have the platform for them to get the recognition they deserve absolutely and so 
I, I mainly do it for them. You know, I, I love the local scene so much and I've like they have my back 100 mm-hmm. percent like they, when they thank me and like they come out to shows and it's just so great. Like whenever I emcee the um, state fair, like they all message me and they're just like, this is great. Like this you sick. completely yeah. deserve it. And I was just like, holy shit, like this means a lot mm-hmm. to y'all. And it's like the give and take. And that's what I love about the scene. It's because we all want to help each other out. We all want to see each other. At least succeed. that's the goal for sure. Yeah. It's the vision. And the vision. I love it. <laughs> Fucks with the vision, bro. We, that 2020. <laughs> let's build. Let's go. <laughs> I love how we switch back and forth between like really serious segments and then it's like, well, fuck with the vision. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also us. So, it's I mean. True. We do have that pretty solid dynamic. <laughs> we do. This is not a question that I had written down, but I think is something important to address. Considering the fact that you do have this very large platform, um, how do you, for lack of a better word, discriminate between... Um, Um, choosing acts to play on that or like for example if a local musician has some like bad press going around right now for whatever reason whether Mm -hmm. it's they've been quote-unquote canceled or they just like have done a shitty thing that's Mm -hmm. you know like how do you decide who deserves that platform and who doesn't well like i have i'm a categorical thinker and so Mm -hmm. i have a list i literally have like a list of local bands Mm -hmm. and i will check them off i'm like all right i played you this week so i'm gonna play this band next week so i have like you got a couple favorites that you pretty rotate yeah yeah and because it's kind of hard because some bands won't send me stuff and i'm just like i can't i'm not gonna buy it yeah you know like i mean if i really love you if i really love you i'll buy it but like if you asked me to play you and you're not gonna send it to me yeah i'm not I'm not going to do If I'm it. doing you the favor. Yeah. But sometimes I will because it's just like, I damn love you. So yeah. like if it's music that you're going to listen to on your own time. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. Then it makes sense. Yeah. And it's. It's like if Cliff had to buy every album that he gets recommended oh, for God. daytime, that'd be insane. We'd be broke. Yeah. Talk about student debt. Oh, student debt <laughs> up the roof. And it's just, I don't know. Like I mainly look at my Facebook events and I just go through the metal shows that I'm going to and I look at the locals and I'm Mm -hmm. like, all right, this show's coming up. I'm going to play these local bands. So that's usually how I do it. Like there's a Wilmington death metal convention coming up. So I literally just went onto the lineup and I was like, all right, I haven't played any of these. And so I'll play those. So I just, I do research on it. And for the canceled aspect, that's another thing I don't like in the scene, the whole alienation of it which yeah. i understand that it is shitty situations my right. issue with it is you don't know what's factual you don't know what's true you don't know what's not true right. you're not holding people accountable if it if it is true that sucks if it's not yeah. true that sucks because you're ruining someone's life right um with that i don't tend to speak on canceled people yeah. just because i don't know them personally it's not your place to it's do none so. of my business yeah i'm here to play music and if there's someone that's canceled and they're in a band it's, it kind of depends yeah. on the situation. If I'm friends with other people in the band, I support them. Yeah. And it, it, it really just depends on the situation. I tend to not. It all depends on how the band handles it. For yeah. example, like um, like Culling recently, like their drummer had some allegations and he owned up to it on Facebook, deleted all his social media, and they've kind of gotten into a dead zone because yeah. they're trying to figure out how to go from there. And so that's one of those things where it's like there is no allegations. It was this was brought to the public's attention. It was confirmed. And now they're moving yeah. on and from I, that. I respect that. I feel like. They handled it really maturely. Yeah, I feel like if, like, they kicked them out... I mean, he was out of the band, he moved out of the bunker... Then, like, yeah, like, support the band, because it's not... It's not his influence anymore. But it's also, you have bands that have controversial people in it and i'm not going to name any bands like yeah. like big bands and also smaller bands but my whole thing is i support the band i right. don't support you as an individual right in that sense right 
So it's, I'll play the music, but that's it. And I know that, like, obviously in the age of, like, hashtag me too and mm-hmm. social media and things, the subject of cancellation and the procedures that go on about it are very, they're very publicly discussed. And they're also very tricky to maneuver. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously... At this point, if anyone's listening to the podcast and has their own feelings, please understand that what Erica and I are talking about do not reflect the views of WKNC in particular. We're merely discussing in relation to the butcher shop and things like that and how we personally feel about the subjects. Um, Nothing that's said on air, um, nothing that's said off air reflects WKNC. On air is a different matter. Um, Please continue listening to WKNC. Anyways. We have opinions, man. It's all opinions. My whole thing is like, if it's true, that's terrible. And I hate that that happened. My whole thing is people need to be held accountable, whether they did it or not. You know what I mean? So that's my whole thing. My whole thing's with accountability. Yeah. It's own up to it. Take, like, you did this action. You got to deal with the consequences. Like, it's not like the public isn't ruining your life. You ruined your life. And probably someone else is in the process. Yeah. And like, I tend to, I don't like being in scene drama. I, I really keep to myself. And I, that's why, that's why a lot of people, it is draining. It was, oh, it's terrible when everything's just, just a cluster. And the only drain we need is the slot drain. We All we need is slot drain. That's a fact. I love how you just throw in my segment Mm -hmm. names and I'm just Mm -hmm. like, Yes, Laura. Yes, Queen. <laughs> yes, Queen. And I mean, I just tend not to like get involved because I I don't like drama. And if you're not involved already, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. And I've I've kept my nose clean. You know, like I I re- respect I'm friends others, with people. and that's yeah, all you need to do. I'm respectful to people, and I'm doing my job. When I go to shows, I'm there on saw business. Yeah. I'm I'm like when I'm out. <laughs> saw business. I'm I'm, I'm like. A picture of WKNC mm-hmm. and so I'm not going to show my ass I'm not going to get involved it's I'm here for the music and so that's how it is now if it's like a big ordeal that something happened then I won't play the band mm-hmm. but it just depends on the situation and stuff there's some bands I won't play just because of how WKNC likes to do things mm-hmm. and stuff and just personal yeah things but it depends on the situation but for the most part just be held accountable, man. Yeah. That's and like, like referring to what I was talking about earlier, like I think personally, literally, personally, my opinion, I'm just going to I'm just going to keep stressing this, that there is no gray area. <laughs> People are like, you can't see like literally my opinion. Um, cancellation works on a grander scale. For example, like R. Kelly, he mm-hmm. did horrible things and he is rich. He is privileged. He has fame and stardom and all of these factors that make him, um, he's able to elude some of the typical reper- uh, mm-hmm. repercussions that you would face if you were part of a local scene or something. And so cancellation works because it diminishes his influence on the culture. Yeah. Someone who has hurt people in that way shouldn't be able to be rich and get away with whatever yeah, they I want. It's accountability. It is accountability, but that. on a smaller scale, cancellation, it no longer accounts for accountability. I, I feel like they overuse cancel where it's like the slightest circumstance. I think, I think there's definitely some debate there, there for there's sure. Some, you know, I understand the aspect of, okay, they did a shitty thing. And my whole thing is that if they're canceled forever, for. they can never improve. And as yeah, like, I'm that's a, what I don't like. That's, yeah. th- that I guess that's what I was trying to get to is like, I understand the notion of cancellation and why people yeah. do it. But the whole, I don't like when people are like, oh, well, like you'll 
accept someone else because yeah they did these shitty things but they changed but you won't give that other person the benefit of the doubt you're being a hypocrite ultimately it's not the public's decision yeah it is those involved with the the event whatever yeah. occurred and that's my other thing is if, people put yeah. their opinions in stuff and that they have no so business loud. being in yeah. you're not even involved in that situation i feel like the people who are involved those are the only and if they choose to matter. take it public yeah then it's public but like dragging up someone else's dirt just to drag up dirt is like yeah like it's it's, it's, it's a tough. violation it's, on its own yeah yeah it's such it's such a tricky subject and it really is i just tend like i know the tea you know like i'm just like oh what, what, what's going on but it's like all right you know just because i don't really Ned's care to get scene survival guide See, yes we're gonna do it um Really, for me, as a social work student, the the basis of every class that I take and every population that I hope to work with is that people have to have the ability to change mm -hmm. resiliency and um, it has to be like for them, though. It has to it has to be can't for them, force them to change. But if you don't allow them to change, exactly, there are it is obviously not going to be an immediate thing. It's not yeah. going to be quick. It's not going to be easy. But there are times in which you need to allow people back. Oh, yeah. I completely understand. I, I agree with the notion of, okay, take a break. Get get out. You shouldn't have work this power yourself. if you're going to use it for evil. Yeah, work on yourself. But I also believe that people need second chances. Mm -hmm. You know, and keep them at arm's distance. You know, don't bring them back in as close as you did. But yeah. let them prove themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you told them what they did wrong. They're going to be held accountable for it, and then and they deserve to be. Yeah, and that that's held accountable thing. if not punished. Yeah, you know? I just like I under I like the accountability that it brings. I don't like the drama that it brings because it's really not necessary and it's not really that complicated. People use it as a tool to like, just like it's very like they act as if it's cut and dry mm -hmm. you know and it's it's not people's lives aren't cut and dry and i'm not talking about the abuser as their life is cut and dry i yeah. mean like in general like cultures are not cut and dry oh, yeah. they they are fluid and they change interactions they evolve are, happen every second and it's it's difficult to work with um ultimately just be a good person man. ultimately be a good person be a good like per party rock that's all we want to do party rocking just stay in your lane. Do See, what I've done is I've stayed in my lane. Yeah. And, like, I've done the damn thing. Like, I've just worked hard, mind my own business, and things been things been great. And I bet you anything, that. people are going to listen to this podcast, and they're not going to stay in their lane, and they're going to be like, the son, Beowulf, thinks certain things. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I believe in the goodness, worth, and dignity of oh, each yeah. and every well, human life. I also believe that in the platform that we have, we have to get tough skin. Yeah. And people are going to talk shit regardless of what we have to say I'm and having what we like don't more have time to flashbacks say. right now yeah and so it's i've had to learn that people can have their opinion about me but if you don't personally know me then i don't care yeah word of mouth is like that telephone yeah. game i really don't care what people have to say about me like if you're not in my circle and you're not someone that i like think of if you're and, not under your skin already yeah like, past and, that outer exterior yeah and so like if you're not in like my circle of friends you know people who listen or whatever that if they have something negative to say cool you know that's great any publicity is good publicity you talking about me mm -hmm. you know what i mean so my name i'm in your head but your <laughs> shop's right there you know so i mean thank the you for th already th begun. thank you for thinking about me 
Thank you. I, I grow powerful it. every day. Yes. I feed on the envy of my enemies. What type of like energy production would that be? Because it's not cellular respiration. It's not photosynthesis. It's what? like It's bitchery. Bitchery. <laughs> <laughs> it's bitchery. All right. Uh, let's just wrap up real quick. I know that personally I'm way over my time, but I'm having way too much fun to like stop. In the butcher Sadly, shop. Sadly, I have to. Um what do you say to the supporters of the butcher shop? Um, what can they expect going forward? What changes do you have planned? Um, and just do like one final shout out message. Well, first, I love y'all. Okay, butcher crew, y'all are like the damn shit. Okay, mm -hmm. I love y'all so much. Thank you for like all the support throughout the years. You know, I'm. I know that like I'm on like this platform, but. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the local scene, if it wasn't for WKNC, if it wasn't for my family, my friends supporting me for it. And, and so, Jamie. And Jamie, <laughs> and Jamie. Mama Jamie. She's like, I love her. I, it's just, I don't know. I, it's just, I get sappy talking about it just because I would have never thought I've had this platform and affect the lives that I have with this. And the people that I've met, I've met like my best friends of mm -hmm. the scene and the opportunities that I've gotten have been insane and it's just i just want to thank the people who have been with me the whole time or have just started listening to me thank you so much for like listening to the butcher shop and supporting your girl your master butcher mm -hmm. it's i honestly like i love every single one of you guys and i i just love you guys it's because i and for those here. loyal yeah. people what what do you uh plan to do with the butcher shop going oh, forward uh you've got like we're gonna be handing year. out beatings we're gonna be handing out beatings that's what we doing. You know, mm -hmm. we got some conventions coming up that we're doing for the radio stuff. I'm going to learn some we're new things. Going all the way out to St. Louis I'm, for it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get some. Missouri uh, ain't ready. They ain't ready. <laughs> they ain't ready for us. Me, you, and Henry. God damn. We're going to roll up like um the butcher shop is on wheels. on wheels how you doing god what was that what mm -mm. i call it, i call it the meat wagon that's the what i that's wagon. what i call the butcher shop that's on wheels um god what's that phrase that i was, I was gonna say we're gonna roll up like blank and you know you can't try to be cool if you don't have the sentence planned out <laughs> what are those little dusty things that like roll in cartoons like you know and it'd be like the dust bunnies and then like a little like thing will roll by the hay nah I don't know what you're talking about. Besides the point. I'm having an aneurysm. But I swear. I will be having some new guests into the electric chair soon. So that's going to be fun. Um, I'm just going to be handing out more beatings. Just tightening down the screws of the butcher shop and. Turning up the voltage turn, on the electric chair. Oh, yeah. We're going to put this thing. We're going to be. Y'all going to be steaming. Maximum y'all going to be overdrive. Cooking. It's going to be high fried. High <laughs> fried. That's how it is. Double fried. Double Twice fried. baked. I'm getting hungry just thinking about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm leaving to go get sushi with Andrew Nye. Um, oh, that's oh, going to be great. I'm so hungry yes, right now. I might hit up McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. But Yum. my final statement, butcher crew, local butchers, I wouldn't be here without y'all. Thank you so much for the love and support throughout the years. I hope y'all stay with me. And Butcher Shop's going to take over the damn world. True. I'm taking y'all with me. How's it feel in the hot seat? It's actually pretty damn hot. It's pretty damn hot. It was good, though. Mm, I am Sounds like you got to turn it up for everyone else. But see, the pleasure of pain. 
I love it. Very typo negative of you. Anyways, thank you for letting me take over the electric chair. Thank you for doing it. So much fun. We're going to have to do a like tag team on the victims in the chair sometime, bringing a band that we're both really into and just riff on them. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. They're not ready. Let me, uh, let me find some like, like public domain electricity sounds and just like, all right. Thank you so much for tuning into the electric chair, the special edition with the master apprentice DJ Beowulf and the butcher herself in the hot seat. Uh, we are at the 51 minute mark. So we're going to tune on out and we'll catch you on the flip side. Beowulf out.